Come on, good morning, everybody. Let's all stand to our feet, and we're going to worship the Lord this morning. How many of you believe there's power in the blood of Jesus? Amen. Only a few. All right. How many of you believe there's power in the blood of Jesus? Amen. All right. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out. We ain't got no drummer today, so you got to be the drums. All right. Here we go. Keep those hands going. Here we go. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, oh, power in the blood. Since things are lost in its life-giving flow, there's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. your king. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. too fat or maybe both of them amen all right <laughs> that's good stuff there's power in the blood and uh, he is our way maker amen aren't you glad that he's your way maker some of you need to be reminded this morning he's your way amen where there seems to be no way God can make a way amen and we all need to hear that this morning turn that frown upside down and let's sing it all right let's truly lead us in this one you are here moving in 
Maker, put a smile on your face. Don't sit down yet. Tell somebody you sure do look good this morning. And I'm glad to see you in the house of God. Amen. Then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. You guys can find your place, and you can be seated. Hey, before Brother Martin gives us the announcements, I want to announce we had a couple get engaged this weekend, this last weekend, amen? James Carpenter and Kayla Shaw, give them a big hand, amen? <laughs> amen. 
don't tell them what they're about to get into, all right? Uh, yeah, y'all, you married people, just, uh, just encourage them, amen? <laughs> it is uh, going to be sunshine, rainbows, and Skittles from now on. All right, so uh, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? All right, if not, good of you to be here. So just want to remind you that Wednesdays, do we do have a full schedule. Uh, Brother Mark leads a uh, Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning, if you would like to come. We also w have Wednesday night services. Uh, we have a wonderful dinner. They had my favorite fruit the other day, or last Wednesday. They had strawberry shortcake, and it was amazing. Miss Pat, it's my favorite. Thank you. Then we have a youth group in here. Brother Mark teaches a class, and then we have something for all the kids. Um, also, Sunday school. I know many of you in here, I wish I knew the Bible better, Brother Martin. Well, I'm going to need you to quit praying so much on Sunday mornings. Put your Bible down and just show up a little bit earlier. Uh, I don't know if you've ever wondered what the difference between the Samaritans and the Jews are, but people found out this morning the historical difference. Um, also, I don't know what Brother Mark was teaching last week. I, I walked in there for five minutes and the, the spirit of God was in there because I was ready to charge hell with the squirt gun. So uh, we do need more volunteers to help with the children in the nursery. You can see Miss Cindy and uh, Ginger uh, if you'd like to volunteer. doesn't have to be an every week thing. If we get enough people to volunteer, it can be, you know, we can rotate. Also, we have Father's Day coming up and church-wide picnic and baptisms at the lake. So if you know anybody that wants to be baptized, that is a very cool place to get baptized. Amen. So see Brother Mark if you'd like to get baptized. And now, July 18th through the 22nd, I'm going to take 25 of our best kids in the world to church camp for a week. But I need your help. Yeah, go ahead and clap. Somebody start clapping. I need your help. Uh, this year, more than ever, you know, church camp is $250 per kid. I try to get $100 from each kid this year more than ever. Uh, that is probably very tough to do. That's just the kids that we have. Uh, but I know that money has never been a reason for a kid not to go. So if you'd like to sponsor a team to go to church camp, just see me. What's amazing and has been happening here over the past few years and Jose over here really was the first and started it. Brother Martin, people helped me go to church camp, so now that I'm growing, I'm grown, I'm working, here's some money to sponsor a kid for church camp. I probably have about five kids that have done this the past two years. I say kids, but they're adults. <laughs> also, we will have BBS at Landmark on August 3rd through the 6th. See Miss Cindy, because uh, we do need some volunteers. Um, Need lots of help to point these kids to Jesus. Get them at a young age. Amen. Also, we will be having, or you are having, revival tonight. It starts tonight through Wednesday at um, Hill Creek Baptist Church. Brother Herman Kramer will be there. Just go towards White House. See the little church across the creek. Turn in that parking lot. Starts at 7 o'clock. And we also have our life recovery class uh, for those that deal with anxiety hurts and depression and addictions, we meet here at 2 on Sundays. Amen? Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. 
And I do want to encourage you, again, uh, I've already kind of preached on my pre-summer sermon, is that, you know what, uh, I want you all to go on vacation, I want you to enjoy your families, I want you to enjoy your time off, but guess what, ministry still goes on during the summer. In fact, if anything else, we add to it. As you can hear, our teens go to camp, we do VBS to point kids to Christ. So ministry actually, here's the thing about summer, ministry ramps up. Uh, but a lot of times people and giving goes down and I, I want you to take your time off I want you to go on vacation, but uh, nobody goes on vacation for three months I'm, I'm looking at everybody now. Amen. Nobody takes a three-month vacation. So when you're here be here. Amen uh, Well done my good and what? Faithful servant. Amen. So be consistent. Hey, and uh, let me just put a plug about teen camp uh, We have never told a kid he could not go to camp because of finances and I don't plan to start now brother Martin doesn't plan to start now so uh, any kid that wants to go we're gonna find a way for them to go uh, but if you can help sponsor a kid that just takes the load off of the church because quite honestly the church is gonna pay the way of any kid that can't afford to go that's not gonna be a reason for a kid not to go uh, can you put a price on a soul that's pointed towards heaven you cannot amen so you help us out because if you sponsor those kids then the church doesn't have to take on the burden of sponsoring those kids amen uh, so uh, thank you brother martin for for that let's uh, let's stand and let's worship some more all right uh, the bible says that he is the way jesus himself said i am the way the truth and the life not a way not a truth he is the way the truth and the life amen let's sing together if you would every battle through every heartbreak through every circumstance I believe that you are my fortress amen you are my portion you are my hiding place and I believe you are sing it out Set on you, you meet me here today with mercy. 
be seated. There's no 
Turn. 
times we've had a lot of things not go our way and maybe a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of loss. But Lord, we see that you've always brought good out of that. Father, your your promises, your mercies endure forever, God. And Lord, if we only just give it all to you, God, and not fear. Lord, I know the end sometimes seems devastating, but the end for you is victory because we win in the end. God, I pray that you would be with this service, Lord, that your word would just penetrate our hearts. Just show us your word today, God. Speak to us. We ask this in your name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning. Amen. If you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, uh, you can send them there. Miss Ginger's at the door there, and uh, you can go there. Again, uh, we always need help with the kids, and it is not babysitting. It is ministering to those young children, amen, and giving them Jesus. So uh, thank you. Give a hand to all of our Children's Church workers and helpers, all right? And they are well taken care of. Uh, I want you to settle in this morning because this is a really important message. Now, I, pro- I know I probably say that about a lot of them. But this one is really, really important because uh, I believe there's an epidemic of bad decisions. I've made them. I'm guessing you've probably made some. And your life, let me, let me just kind of preempt everything with this. Uh, your life, wherever you're at in life right now, whatever stage of life you're in, wherever you find yourself in life, it has to do with a culmination of all those decisions you've made in your life. If you're not where you want to be, if you wish you were further along, that has to do probably because you've made some bad decisions along the way. If you are doing good and you're right where you want to be, that probably is because you made some good decisions and you got godly counsel and you sought the Lord and you uh, you made some right decisions in your life all right but wherever you find yourself in life that is a culmination of all these decisions that you make in your life and let me say this it's not just the major decisions we tend to think oh it's all about the major decisions and and I'm not downplaying that uh, who you marry that's that's really important amen uh, buying a house uh, can I afford it can I not afford it? Those, these are all huge life-changing decisions but can I tell you this and I'm just going to use marriage as an example when some a couple comes to me for marriage counseling and they say our marriage has deteriorated our relationship has deteriorated can I tell you that more likely than not it's not because of the major decisions many times it's because of years and years and years of just many, many bad decisions in what seems like at the time little small things. Amen. 
But this is why it's important. In other words, what I'm telling you today is there are no small decisions. Every decision is a big decision because all of them culminated together is determines where you end up in life and what stage of life you end up in and whether you are close to the Lord or you are far away from the Lord, whether you are spending time with the Lord or whether you are backslidden from the Lord. It all has to do with the culmination of all these many decisions that you make. Now, I'm going to give you some wisdom today. There's a saying that goes around, and I tend to say this a lot these days, that common sense isn't so common anymore. Can I get an amen? Because I'm telling you, I see a lot of people, and I get a lot of people come to me for advice. And many times, and I'm, I'm the type two, I'm not going to force myself on you. Uh, I will give you my opinion, and I will give you advice if you come to me and ask for it. But I'm not going to force it upon you. Because I find if you don't ask for it, you're probably not going to listen to it anyway. But if you ask for it, I will give you my advice. But I will tell you this, 90% of what I counsel people to do and 90% of what I tell people, and when I tell you something, it's generally just common sense and sense out of the Word of God. But I'll tell you this, 90% of the time, they don't do it. They want you to justify what they're doing. They want you to justify their behavior, but they don't really want to hear the truth. They don't really want to hear what it's going to take to get better because I'm here to tell you for you to get better and for me to get better takes work on your part and my part and most people don't want that they just want you to tell them hey would you tell my spouse what's wrong with them everything they're doing wrong and then the other one turns to me and says would you tell them what they're doing wrong and like I've told you many times before nine times out of ten it is not a right or wrong issue whether you realize it or not men are from Mars women are from Venus amen and you were wired completely and totally different. And then on top of the whole male-female difference, then there's the whole thing of opposites attract. So not only do you have this one that's a totally different gender than you are and thinks is wired completely different, then there you have these different differing personalities and they're opposites. And you think that your spouse ought to react and uh, love the things you love and respond the same ways you respond and and uh, uh, th their love language should be the same as yours. And can I tell you, you're a fool. It's not. Amen. It's not. It's not going to be the same. In fact, it's probably going to be the exact opposite. All right. So that's why marriage is so challenging. All right. But there's not so much common sense anymore. Can I tell you this? The book of Proverbs, and I said this in Sunday school a couple weeks ago. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and that's not a mistake. I was given this advice many years ago. There is a chapter in Proverbs for every day of the month. And so as you're reading your Bible, it would do you good and it would do me good to take a chapter. So what's today? June the 5th. So today would be Proverbs chapter 5. And you just read a chapter for every day. Whatever day it is, it's real simple. Today's the 5th. Read chapter 5. And I'm here to tell you, and you just, well, Brother Mark, what? A, I just keep reading it over and over. Yes. Yes. Because you forget, and that common sense tends to go away, but Proverbs is nothing but godly wisdom and common sense. All right? So I want to start in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. We probably all heard this, but this is the core of what I'm going to talk about today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not, this is the hard part, on your own understanding. You and I, we have a plan. But many times it does not coincide with God's plan. Amen. 
And then verse 6 is really the key verse. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Can I tell you this? The will of God is not so mysterious. As Christians, we go through life many times thinking, the will of God, that's just, man, that's like a giant puzzle. And it's so mysterious. It's like a treasure hunt. And I'm going to try to find God's will. And I'm going to go on this gigantic treasure hunt. God never intended it for him to be that way. God has a will, and he wants you to know his will, and he does not want to make it a mystery to you. It's, a lot of times it's very simple. But, again, the Lord is a gentleman. He will not force it on you. He will not force his will on you. He will not force you to come looking for him. He will not force you to do things his way. There's a thing called free will. You ever heard of that? And God says, I don't, I don't need any robots. If you love me, I want you to love me because you choose to love me. If you search after me, I want you to do it because you are searching after me. The Bible is very clear. It says, if you seek him, you will find him. You seek him with all your heart. You will find him. Can I say the same thing about his will? If you really want to do his will, if you seek his will, you will find it. But you got to go after it. And he will not force it on you. It's your free will. All right? So wise choices, wise decisions. Do y'all besides me see a lot of dumb decisions being made? I see a lot of dumb. Have any of you made dumb decisions? Well, you better get them hands up, amen? Because I'm fixing to call you out right here. We have all done that. Can I ask you this question? What is the difference between those people who seem like they are fulfilled in life and those who are not? You ever see those people and you go, God, man, I wish my life could be like that. They seem to have all great relationships. They seem to always have their financial house in order. They always seem to be doing well financially. They seem to just love life. And they seem uh, to always have it together. And yet, God, what's wrong with me? I seem to always be struggling. You ever been there? Now, let me say this. We live in the culture of social media. Can I tell you this? Social media will get you in trouble. Because you know what you're looking at? You're looking at people's highlight reels. You're not looking at their reality. People don't post their pictures of them uh, having to change their flat tire that morning. People don't post the pictures of them dropping their cup of coffee that morning and coffee going all over the kitchen. You're only seeing the good stuff. You're seeing the highlight reel. So when we start to play that comparison game, you are walking down a dangerous road. Because that's the road the devil wants to walk you to walk down. He loves to fill your life with depression, anxiety, and fear, and worry. And the, one of the main anxieties and worries is, I, my life's never going to be together. And why do these people all seem to have their life together? And I just can't. Why can't my life be like their life? Stop it, stop it, stop it. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Amen? Your life is your life. And here's the thing. You only have the power to make your life better. But guess what has to be done? If you're going to make your life better, you got to step up and you got to do something. You looking at everybody else's pictures on Facebook and Instagram and all that is not going to do anything but fuel that desire in you to want to keep up with the Joneses. And can I tell you this? The Joneses are just as messed up as you are. Amen? You're just seeing their highlight reel. Quit comparing and just decide, 
God, what do I want out of my life? Do you know where contentment and peace comes from and having your life together? It comes from being close to God. Let me repeat it. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Making good decisions and trying to stay in the middle of God's will is really not that hard. Can I tell you what the key is? Stay close to him. Stay close to him. Now, I don't have a God complex. I would never do it, but I want you to, for a moment, just pretend that I'm God. And I'm going to pick on James back there. James at the back row back there. James says, Brother Mark, I really want to know what your will is. Would you tell me? And I go, yes, James. Here's what I want you to do. And James is going, I, I can't. I want to do it, Mark. I just I can't hear you. What does James need to do? He needs to get up out of that chair. He needs to get closer and closer. And the closer that James gets to me, the more he's going to be able to hear my voice. And then James is eventually, if he keeps really wanting to know, he's going to end up right here. And he's going to hear me very clearly, no matter how I speak it. This is the key. Your peace, your contentment, being where God wants you to be, all hinges. Everything, you've heard me say this before, everything in your life pours out of your relationship with him. If you're right with him, everything else is going to fall into place. I'm not saying everything's going to be good. I'm saying that everything will fall into place. What, what is the Bible? What is one of the main promises in the Bible? It says that uh, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And then uh, it also says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, everything else will fall into place. Well, Brother Mark, that just sounds real easy. Thank you for that. All right. All right. Well, let me go a little further. People who have their life together and who are in the center of God's will are not necessarily the most intelligent. Amen. They're not necessarily the most talented. As we see in the Bible, most of the people that God picked, they were not the ones everybody else would have picked. He, the most handsome and the most talented and the most eloquent, God passed them by. And he went to Moses, who had a speech impediment. And he went to David, who was just a teenage boy. And he went to all these other, he used all these people because their heart was right, not because they had the talent and the looks and the intelligence. Uh, I've seen smart people who are some of the most miserable in the world. I've seen talented people uh, who are broken people. I've seen attractive people who seem to have it all together and can have a lot of relationships but can't ever seem to hold a relationship. If you are relying on your good looks, I am so glad you were born with good looks, but guess what? What could be a blessing can certainly turn into a curse many times because many people who are very good looking and very attractive end up with one empty relationship after another empty relationship after another empty relationship and they try to fill their life with sex they try to fill their life with all these broken relationships that are not right and are not of God and where does it lead it leads to heartache brokenness loneliness and ending up by yourself well Mark it's a hard message I know what's the difference 
it all boils down to decisions. Right? Put that next slide up. Because this is big. Uh, no, put up the, the quality of your decisions. Oh, I, did I, I didn't say, I didn't say, did it, uh, I see Brother JT's got it together. I do not have it together. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm sorry, brother. You're right. I'm wrong. Amen. Verses 18 and 19 says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Anybody here like God do something new? Yeah, man. Do it. I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God says, if you want a new thing, I will do a new thing. But you got to meet me halfway. Amen. All right, now the next slide. I'm sorry. This, man, take a picture of this, write it down. This is a real important statement. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. All of us have to make many, many decisions every single day. And can I say this? They did a study. You know how many decisions they said we make in a day from the time you get up? An average person makes 35,000 decisions in a day. Now, that's everything from I get up, what am I going to put in my coffee, what am I going to wear today, um, you know, just every single little small decision. But that's a lot of decisions, isn't it? Every single day, average person, 35,000 decisions. Well, you know what ends up happening is we end up making all these decisions and uh, the problem is, is that most of us, we are not great decision makers. There's a decision that comes at my house about three times a day. I'm, I'm wondering if anybody else deals with this. What are we going to eat? It seems like a real simple question, doesn't it? It seems like a real simple decision to make. But yet we will spend two hours trying to figure out what the answer to that question is. Amen? But this shows you sometimes how decisions, we, are, we as a, a human beings are not great decision makers. We tend to, well, you know, I'd like this, but well, what do you want? Well, I, well, I'd like this. Well, I don't want that right now. I, well, what about that? Well, no, I don't like that. And so we, we go back and forth between these what seems like little small decisions. But that just shows you that we have a really hard time being good, decisive decision makers. One thing I loved about my mom, if you knew Mimi, Mimi might not always make the right decision, but by golly, she knew exactly what she wanted, and she was not afraid to tell you, amen? That woman could make a decision on a dime where you want to eat. Arby's, let's go. No, she never picked Arby's, I can tell you that. But, you know, she just, she knew exactly what she wanted, and she said it, and when she said it, she just figured we were already getting up out of our chair and we were going there. Amen. There was no question. And I find around my house sometimes we are hard pressed to make a decision. But think about that. 35,000 decisions a day. What am I going to wear today? What is, will this look good? Will that look good? What route am I going to take to work today? Sometimes those little decisions, you ever decided to go a different route to work that morning and ended up in a wreck? Or maybe you were going someplace and you decided maybe this will be a little bit quicker and divine intervention led you into a spot that could have changed your life. Maybe it did change your life forever. One little decision just to go a different route, and it can put you in the wrong place at the wrong time sometimes. You ever had that little check in your spirit where God says, 
don't go that way. Go this way. You ever had the, just the Holy Spirit sometimes do a little check in your spirit? That's God sometimes. That's God's protection because he knows that there's something down that other way you don't need to go. You ever been with a person in a relationship and God goes, that ain't good. That ain't good. You don't need to be with that person. That person does not draw you closer to me. That person draws you farther away from me. This is not good. You need to stop that right now. Stop it before you get too attached. God is giving you the answers many times. We just don't lack them a lot of times. God is leading you down the path. He wants you to go down. Are you going to listen or are you not? Amen. How do we make good decisions? All right. I'm so glad you asked. Um, many times we decide to. Here's the thing. Let's go back to that first question. What are we going to eat today? Well, you know, we could go get a salad. Or we could go down to Whataburger. And they got a triple down there. And that triple sounds a whole lot better than that salad does. Amen. So many times a decision comes, am I going to do the right thing? I know what I need to eat. I know if I need to be healthier. I know that I need to eat something healthy. But every single day I have to make that decision. Am I going to do what's good for me? Or am I going to do what my flesh wants? Because I'm here to tell you, that triple down there at Whataburger, oh, Lord, it tastes good. Amen. That salad just don't quite have the same appeal, does it? All right. Every single day, I deci you decide, I'm going to eat more than I should. Every single day, you, you decide uh, to buy things that you can't afford. You know how hard it is to buy something you can't afford right now? Click. It's just that simple, isn't it? Used to be if you wanted to buy something you could afford, you had to actually get up, go down there, drive down there, and put yourself in front of the salesman and say, I really don't need this, but I want it. Now you don't have to, you can be in your living room. They may have to put, you know, you can be sitting there in your pajamas. Click, click, click. And guess what? What I've discovered is one click leads to another click. Oh, that looks good too. Because you know what they, you know how they get you is when you buy something, then they, at the bottom, they'll run about, here's some other things you might like. You think that's a mistake? No. That's the devil. The devil puts them things down there. Amen. Here's some other things you might enjoy. All right. Be careful. All right. Uh, buy things I can't afford. Say things I will regret. Every day you make decisions. Am I going to say what I should say or am I going to say things I will regret? You've heard me say this many, many times. People get angry at their spouse, their kids, and in the heat of the moment, they get angry and they say things, and words are like toothpaste. Once they come out of the tube, you cannot get them back in the tube. And people say things that hurt, that wound, that affect their relationship, affect their marriage, and does extreme damage. So every day, you can decide, am I going to say this in the flesh? Or do I need to bite my tongue? Do I need to go cool off for a little minute? And do I need to say, Lord, you got to help me say the right thing? Because I'm fixing to say something I don't need to say. We all make those decisions every single day. You make decisions to do the things I don't need to do and to do the things that I do. And here's another one. This goes along with what I just said. Every day you decide, are you going to hurt the people you love the most or are you not? You had a bad day at work. This happens to everybody in this room. You had a bad day at work. 
you walk in that door and you have a decision to make, don't you? Every day that you have a bad day at work, you walk into that door and you make a decision. Am I fixing to wail down on everybody in this house? These are the people that love me. These are the people that I come home to every day. And I'm fixing to take all this out on these people. And they didn't do anything to deserve that. All because I had a bad day. Or are you going to stand outside that door? And here's what we need to do. <sighs> Lord, I'm fixing to walk into this house. And these people love me. And they deserve the best version of me. They don't deserve for me to take my anger out on them. They don't, I'm having a bad day. But Lord, I need to get over it. And I need your help, Lord. And I need to walk in this house with a smile on my face and leave all that behind me. Leave that outside this door. Amen. Every day you make that decision. All right. So the question becomes, why do we struggle to make good decisions? I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, we are overwhelmed with choices. I told you 35,000 decisions a day. By the time we get to the end of the day, we are tired of making decisions. Many of you, you come home from work and you just want to turn the TV on and you want to go brain dead because you've already made so many decisions at work, you just feel worn out. You know what they call it? There's a, there's a name for that. It's called decision fatigue. If you work at a job that's very high stress and you have to make decisions all day long, you are probably going home and you are suffering from decision fatigue. And all you want to do is just become a vegetable. And you want, that's why many of us say we turn to that TV. I go in my house, I turn that TV on, even if I ain't watching it. Why? Because I just want the noise, because I just want to go brain dead. Amen? All right? And so we are overwhelmed with choices. Look at this statement. I like this. As the value of decisions increase, the quality of our decisions decrease. All right? As the volume of decisions increase, the quality of our decisions decrease. The more decisions you have to make over a day's time, the quality of your decisions will go down. All right? So be careful. This is why people tell you all the time, simplify your life. Your life does not need to get more complicated. Can I hear an amen? Your life does not need to get more complicated. In fact, I would say to most of you, most of you need to simplify your life. Simplify your life. All right? All right. Number two, we're afraid of making a wrong choice. Let me go again back to our simple decision. What are we going to eat? Well, what happens, Mark, if we make the wrong choice? What if we were supposed to eat a hamburger and we ate a hot dog instead? And my day is just not going to be as good. It's just not going to be as good. I, I was meant to eat that hamburger. What, what if we make the wrong choice? Here's what I'm saying. You and I, we tend to way overanalyze everything, don't we? Well, what, what if we're supposed to eat this? But we don't, you know, that, that sounds stupid, and it is stupid. But guess what? We do that with a lot of decisions in our life. And you may say, well, well, there's certainly more decisions that take more thought than that. But guess what? A lot of times, common sense will tell you exactly what you need to do in that decision. You just don't want to do it because the flesh wants to do something else. Many times, God will make it as plain as day. You know what? Common sense says you need to do this. Common sense says... You like the looks of that boat on the internet, but you can't afford that boat. So common sense says, don't you push click. Don't you click on buy. Don't you click on purchase. But guess what? Oh, the flesh wants it. The flesh wants it. Amen. Many times common sense is staring us right in the face, and we just don't want to hear it. 
because of what the flesh wants, all right? We are so afraid of over, and we want to overanalyze everything. Now, I don't mean to pick on my wife here, uh, but we're, again, opposites attract. I tend to make decisions, woo, let's go, let's party. I am flying by the seat of my pants, literally, amen? And I'm having a good time in life, amen? My wife, she likes a plan. She likes order. Opposites attract, amen? And the problem is sometimes my wife, she wants to analyze it to death, amen? And she wants to think about it. And many times, many times we'll miss something good because we spent so much time overanalyzing it, amen? You ever been there? You can't overanalyze everything. Sometimes you just got to pray about it. You got to say, God, what do you want? And then go for it. Guess what? You're going to make the wrong choice every once in a while. You're going to miss it sometimes. But guess what? God is a good God. Amen. And sometimes you miss it and God goes, nah, you missed it. We'll get it next time. Don't worry about it. Okay? There'll be other opportunities. You messed it up this time. But guess what? Don't worry about it. Because I can, we just sang it, I can take what the enemy meant for evil and I have the ability to turn it for good. Amen. Sometimes you make the wrong, and sometimes it's a big one. Sometimes you make the wrong choice, and it's a big one. But God says, don't worry about it. Well, God, what's going to happen? Because I was supposed to go down this road, but I chose this road. Now, how in the world am I going to get back over here on this road? God says, it ain't no big thing. It ain't no big thing because I can take, I can create a road. I can get you from this road, and I can create a road that will get you right back over here to this road. Because I can take what the enemy meant for evil. And I can turn it around for good. Amen? Aren't you glad you serve a God like that? Amen? That even when you miss it, even when you mess it up, God says, you missed that one. Yeah, David, <laughs> you really missed that one. Amen? Uh, but I'm here to tell you, don't worry about it, David. We'll get it next time. Amen? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build you a road right back over here to the right road. Amen? God does that. Don't overanalyze it. Don't overthink it. Pray about it. See what God wants you to do. And go with it. Amen? Uh, I know many people say, well, if I'm going to follow God, I can't really trust my gut. I, I beg your pardon. Yes, you can. If you are walking close to God, definitely trust your gut. Now, let me put a, a disclaimer on that. If you are not walking close to God, don't trust your gut. Because guess what? When you're walking with God and the Spirit of God, you are full of the Spirit of God, you can trust your gut. You can trust your instincts. When you are not walking with God and you are far away from God, you cannot trust your instincts because you're full of the flesh, not of the spirit. All right? So it really, that sounds real simple. It almost sounds too simple, too good to be true, but it's exactly how it works. Okay? All right. And number three. Oh, this is a big one. You're not going to like this one. I don't like this one. We let emotions overrule logic. Mm. See, logic tells you exactly what is logical. And what you need to do. Again, common sense many times is staring you right in the face. It's right there. But you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it because my emotions got me too excited. You know, we're too excited. We, our emotions, ooh, that, get, that gets me excited. So God must want me to buy it. Or God must want me to get into that relationship. Or God must want me uh, to... Sleep with that person because I, man, I get butterflies and sweaty palms when I'm around that person. So, you know, we, we probably love each other, so we probably ought to just jump in bed. Stupid, stupid, stupid. 
You cannot let your emotions overrule your logic. Here's what I have found as the preacher. I'm the preacher. My job is to tell you the truth. But you know what I've discovered? I don't need to tell you what's wrong. Everybody here just about is grown folks. All the kids are in there. So I'm assuming everybody here pretty much is grown folks. And I probably don't have to tell you what's wrong in your life. Most of you can probably look at your own life and figure out exactly what the areas are you need to change and what you need to fix. You're grown. I'm just here to kind of remind you of it. As I've told you many times, my job as a preacher, I'm the mailman. My job is to give you the mail. I'm, it's, my job is not to open the mail and read it for you. My job is not to tell you what it says because that would be wrong. I would not want to open your mail. My job is just to deliver the mail to you. Then you open it, and whatever you do with it from that point on, you're grown. That's your decision. I can't make you do it. I can't do it for you. All right? Mark Trammell has enough trouble keeping Mark Trammell in line. That's a full-time job. Amen? Julie, say amen. All right. There you go. <laughs> Told you. All right? Do not. Here's a good one. Do not make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. You hear me? Do not make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Just like I said, when you're angry and you want to say something, count to 10, step back, Say, I need to go to another room. When Julie and I have an argument, and I know you probably never thought we did that, but every once in a while we do disagree, amen? We'll call them disagreements, not arguments. And sometimes when we have a disagreement, I have to say, I'm mad right now. I'm going to go in the other room, I'm going to cool off. And then I'm going to come back after I cool off and after you cool off, and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this like two adults. That's what needs to happen. That's called common sense right there, Amen. But guess what? Many times my emotions get the best of me, and things are said in the heat of the moment. Things are done in the heat of the moment. All right? Do not make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Step back, cool off, and say, God, what do you really want? Okay? Um, the power of pre-deciding. Now, you heard me mention this in another message about pre-deciding. Well, guess what? This message kind of has that same tone to it too you need to decide ahead of time what you're going to do if you read through the bible a lot of biblical characters did this abraham remember what god did god said abraham if you really love me i want you to take your oldest son i want you to put him on the altar and i want you to sacrifice him now you and i've read the story for years and years and years and we know that was a test god didn't really want him to put his son on the altar. never intended for him to kill him but guess what abraham had already pre-decided you don't wait until the heat of the moment Abraham had already decided, God is my God, and if God asks me to do it, I'm going to do it. No matter how crazy it sounds, no matter what it is, I'm going to obey God. And when God asked him to do that, you know he had to say, that, Lord, that sounds crazy. Why in the world would you ask me to do that? But God, I've already pre-decided, I've already committed that I am going to do whatever you ask me to do. And, of course, we know that was the test, wasn't it? All right? Look at Proverbs 16.3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Pre-decide. Decide ahead of time. You don't decide, am I going to stand up for the Lord at work? Because if you go to work, and you start trying to testify a little bit, and you tell people you're a Christian, somebody's going to make fun of you. Eventually, somebody's going to make fun of you. You don't decide in that moment, am I going to make, let that shut me up? Or am I just going to say, you know what, I love you, but I'm still going to keep on testifying to the goodness of God. No, you decide that ahead of time. You commit yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, 
I'm taking a stand for you. I'm testifying to you at work, and I don't care if people make fun of me or not. I am deciding. Joshua said it this way. As for me and my house, I don't care what the rest of you do. The rest of you can go play select ball every weekend. The rest of you can teach your kids that baseball is more important or volleyball is more important or football is more important. But as for me and my house, I'm deciding right now, not tomorrow, not when they get to be teenagers. I'm deciding right now, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's how you do it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But guess what? Oh, but Brother Mark, there's so many other things to do. And it always seems like Sunday's the the best day to go do them. Yeah, that's called the devil. Amen? He'll make sure of it. Commit yourself to the Lord. And he will direct your paths and your thoughts will be established. Amen? All right. um, With God's help, we will determine our course of action before the moment of decision. You have to pre-decide. Are you going to stand for God or are you going to stand for yourself? Are you going to make decisions based on what God wants for your life or what your flesh wants for your life? And you need to decide that right up front. Because if you will do that, your decision-making process just got a whole lot easier. If you just say right off the bat, God, I'm going with you. Every decision, I'm going with you. You just made about most of you, a big portion of your decisions just became a whole lot easier. Because you're saying, Lord, I'm going with you. Whatever. I'm deciding right now. I'm going with you and what you want. Okay? If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction that your decisions are taking you? Everybody in here, you've heard me say this many times, you have to look in a mirror. It's very painful. I don't like looking in the mirror. Because I look in the mirror and I expect to see my 19, 20-year-old self. Amen. I was skinny. I was in good shape. I was good looking. You can ask my wife. Say amen, honey. I was good looking. Amen. I know, I know this looks like it does now, but I actually used to look real good. Amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I did look better. Amen. And so I looked in the mirror. I expect to see that 19, 20-year-old self. Instead, I see this 59-year-old self. Amen. But guess what? That's the reality. And everybody in here, as painful as it is, we need to look in the mirror. And we need to say, God, what, what areas in my life do I need to work on? And it's painful. It's painful for God to say, you think you do real good in this area, but you are not doing that good. And you need to work on that. This is a blind spot for you, and you need to work on it. Amen. If you look at your life and you say, Brother Mark, and if you're honest with me, just say, Brother Mark, I don't like where I'm at in life. Okay. That's good. Because as with most things, the first hurdle is admitting that it's not where you want it to be. All right? Then from that point on, you say, if you want it to be different, then you must begin to make different decisions. You must change some things in your life. You must meet the Lord halfway. He will meet you, but you got to meet him halfway. And he says, I will direct your paths if you really want me to. Julie, you come on. If, you, if your values are clear, your decisions are easy. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. If your values are clear, decisions are easy. Because, again, most of them are already made. You've already predecided, Lord, my values and what you want in my life is more important to me than what my flesh wants or what the world says is what I need. All right? So, commit everything to the Lord, and he will establish your plans. Quite honestly, everybody in here could do better than what you're doing. 
Brother Mark, I thought I was doing pretty good. You are, yeah, you're probably doing pretty good. But guess what? I can say unequivocally, myself included, everybody in this room could do better than what you're doing. And how do you do that? I have to change some areas in my life. I have to make some changes. I have to seek the Lord more than I seek what I want. Amen. I want to be around for my grandkids. I need to get rid of this right here. Amen. It ain't going to happen with the triple down at Whataburger, is it? No, no. Every day, it's those little decisions. You would bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you say this morning, Brother Mark, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And I need to come back to him or I need to come to him for the first time. And guess what? The good news is he's always waiting with arms open wide. Oh, he's as close as a prayer away. And if that's you today, maybe you need to recommit or maybe you need to commit for the first time. You can pray this prayer in your heart and your mind. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I need you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, I accept what you did for me on that cross. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and save me. Now, every head is still bowed, every eye is closed. I would never want to embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer as a prayer of commitment or recommitment today, would you just lift up a hand so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Second part of this is maybe you heard what I said today and you say, Brother Mark, there's some areas in my life I need to work on. Would you pray for me to do better? You can just lift a hand and I'll pray for you. Thank you. Hands all over. First step is admitting it. Second step is to take action towards it. So I'm going to invite you to come and pray and commit it to the Lord. If you want somebody to pray over you, Brother Martin will be over here on this side of the stage. I'll be over here on this side of the stage. And we would love to encourage you and pray for you. Or if you just want to come and kneel here at the altar and commit yourself to the Lord. Father, have your will and your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing. If you need to come and pray, if you need to come and join the church, if you need to just come and have somebody pray over you, you come at this time.
sing it together. You may be seated. Well, God's good. Amen. Got a whole family wants to get baptized in a couple of weeks. Amen. And uh, let me say, if you've been saved, but maybe you've never been baptized, this is an awesome time. As Brother Martin said, it don't get any easier than going out in a swimming hole where you're already going to be swimming anyway. And we just go ahead and dunk you and make it official. Amen. And so uh, many of you have been saved. Uh, I've, I've told you all before, my testimony is I got saved when I was 15, but I didn't get baptized until I was like 17 or 18. I let two or three years pass because it kind of, uh, and it was my own fault. I just kind of let the, uh, kind of fell through the cracks there, and uh, they didn't really follow up with me, and I didn't pursue it myself. And uh, But you say, well, why is that important? Because listen, baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is your testimony uh, to the world that I'm not ashamed. I'm burying the old person. I'm being raised a new person. And I don't feel like you're ever going to be completely complete until you follow the Lord in baptism. Amen. So it's real simple. You ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to do nothing, but just hold your nose. Amen. Uh, I'll do all the talking. All right. So if you need to get baptized, uh, man, the 19th is going to be a, a great day and an easy way to do that. And then we had a couple who wants to join the church. Amen. Now, uh, yeah, come on, James and Kayla. This is James Carpenter and Kayla. And Kayla loves standing in front of crowds. That's why she's already done that. Amen. No, she, she don't like this. She's very shy. She's going to hide behind him. Amen. It's a good thing he's a big guy. You can hide behind him. Amen. Uh, but they come today wanting to join the church. As I already told you, they're looking at getting married uh, shortly. And uh, they would said, we want to come. We want to make this uh, from day one a, a part of our marriage and a part of what we're doing. Amen. So give them a big hand if you would. All right. And uh, we're going to dismiss here. And I want you to come by and shake their hand and uh, just make a big deal out of Kayla because she loves it so much. Amen. All right. I'm just playing. All right, I used to be shy too, but I got over it, Kayla. Amen. All right, let's uh, let's stand if you would. Let's pray, and then I'm going to let you uh, come by and shake their hand, 
and just thank you for being here today. And uh, just, uh, Lord, we love you. God, just thank you so much for God just speaking into our hearts today. Lord, I pray that this message, Lord, uh, touched our hearts and our lives. God, we need to, all of us in this room need to make better decisions. Uh, Lord, we need to make our decisions based on you and what your will and your purpose is for our life, not what we want and not our emotions, Lord. And so, Lord, teach us today. Give us knowledge and wisdom and discernment, God. Thank you for, uh, for uh, Lord, all these that came today, God, and those who uh, came for prayer and those who came to be baptized and this precious couple to come and join the church, Lord. Thank you for a great day. Help us have a great rest of the day. Keep us all safe. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Amen.